Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Welcome back into the Wolverine.com podcast here on you guessed it. Hot take the Wolverine.com. Uh, I am Anthony Broom along with Clayton Safey here on selection Sunday, Sunday night. Uh, it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year of officially uh, the NCAA tournament bracket is out. And despite all of the stress, despite all of the drama, despite all of the uncertainty of what the last, you know, Really, the last month or so has been because Michigan's gone win loss, win loss in every game since February 10th. Michigan basketball is in the NCAA tournament. Both Michigan basketball teams are in the NCAA tournament. Uh, we'll shout out the women here a little bit later, but want to start with the men's team. Uh, avoided the first four, which is something that I think was objective number one this weekend. Uh, Michigan goes into the tournament as an 11 seed. They will take on the number six seed in Colorado State on Thursday. And you guessed it, back in Indianapolis, it's basically a satellite hometown for the Wolverines over the last uh, several months here. But uh, they will play. They'll actually kick off the tournament Thursday, um, the Thursday tournament games at 12-15 on CBS. Clayton, after everything that went down on Thursday when we were in Indianapolis, the weekend, so many scenarios to play out through the rooting guides and all of that stuff. Michigan is in, but before we talk about Michigan, I mean, let's just talk about the weekend. After the loss to, to Indiana, their destiny was not in their own hands, and a lot of things happened that kind of pushed them, I think, closer to being on the first four or maybe even out of the tournament. But uh, just share with me your psyche over the last few days since last we spoke. Well, I watched so much basketball. The, the Big Ten tournament was outstanding, you know, other than what happened to Michigan on Thursday. Um, so, you know, hopefully some people were able to still kind of watch that and enjoy it, 
shout out to Iowa for winning it. We were uh, we were high on Iowa all week. I feel like thinking, man, this team's hot. So great basketball. But you're right. I was reading your rooting guide every morning, and then I'd watch these games. And basically, you know, it seemed like over fifty percent of those games that and and these are upsets we're talking about too. Like it didn't go Michigan's way in over half of those games. It seemed like. Um, but at the same time, there was a lot of panic. It seemed like on Friday night when they started to get some of those upsets in different conference tournaments, Virginia tech, Texas, A&M, some others. And I didn't totally panic like the rest of the people because yeah, Jerry Palm moved Michigan out and Joe Lenardi was shuffling the deck, even though no games happened. Uh, there was like a seven hour window where they were in the last four buys and then they move to the last four in when nothing happened. Um, but I wasn't totally panicking when it come, when it came to Michigan um, because I think a lot of people forget that, yeah, a team below you on the pecking order may win, but it doesn't just move them up automatically. Like You still have to then, okay, let's reevaluate the resumes. What did that one win do? They do not weigh games at the end of the season. They don't put more importance on them. Then they do games in November. They stopped doing that a few years ago. So there were so many factors in this. I was looking at brackets throughout the weekend, bracketmatrix.com, outstanding site. And somebody was saying they got uh, like only one team wrong. Uh, and this is accumulation of a bunch of brackets. So um, watched a lot of basketball, looked at a lot of brackets, felt like Michigan was about 50-50 to either get a buy or end up in the first four by the time selection show uh, came around. And it was the buy, and you hate to see Notre Dame, you know, have to go to Dayton like that, uh, and in other teams. But Michigan, pretty safe. Colorado State is a six seed. I was looking at the other sixes, not a great crop of six seeds. LSU is probably dead in the water, so that maybe they would have been better to play. But um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about Colorado State a little bit more right now. But I, I feel like Michigan's in a pretty good spot. Tennessee is your second round game. You know, that's gonna be tough, but it was gonna be tough either way, and. Uh, and not having to play in Dayton, I think, is huge because, as we know, Michigan, you know, win-loss, win-loss. Maybe they win that and then lose their round of 64 game. Now they can use that win. Hunter Dickinson joked about that tonight, uh, how they're every other, you know, win-loss. So maybe they'll get that win in the round of 64 and then take your shot at the Volunteers. Yeah, and throughout the week, we'll do the deep dives. We'll do the Colorado State, you know, ought, you know the the – you know, whatever the we'll pull them apart and we'll, we'll see what Michigan's chances are in this game. But, you know, for now, I think the takeaway is that Michigan fans can exhale. Uh, you can make your plans for a tournament weekend around your team. And, you know, some people will, I know a lot of Michigan fans will probably be using the boss button on Thursday since it is that 12 15 game to start off the day. But, you know, after they lost to Indiana, that starting in the first four, I, I think we all kind of come to terms with the fact that that was a real possibility. And yeah. while it wouldn't have been ideal, I think it's better than missing the tournament completely, which is something that, you know, even going back to December, people were kind of bracing for. So I think there was a little more uncertainty as opposed to like where they were going to be, as opposed to if they were going to be in at all. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot more to Michigan's resume than just the 17 and 14 record. Despite that Michigan's in, and that's all that currently matters. And, and with, you know, we've talked about this before where it's it's unlikely that they can maybe it's it's more likely than not that they don't reach the preseason expectations in terms of making a final four and competing for a national title. But this isn't an upstart program that is is just happy to be there. Right. This is a 
a program that has a recent pedigree of success there. Um, this is not a participation trophy for them. So to be firmly in, to play your first game on Thursday, and to not do the – I mean, if it was if the formula is win-loss, if you're a Michigan fan, you're probably hoping that win-loss comes in the first and second rounds as opposed to first four and then the first round because right. you know the eyes of the nation will be on that game on Thursday as opposed to what happens in the first four. So the focus turns now to how much of a push can this team make? Is this a team that can – Win two in a row. Because if you don't win two in a row at some point now, your season's over. So we know what it looks like when they come to play. We know what it looks like when they don't play as well. It all builds up to this now. So with all that being said, with the draw, with Colorado State, with what you have with what you know about them so far, because you were the one that did the, um, the first look at them, what do you think about this matchup on Thursday? Yeah, I've looked at quite a bit already and obviously we'll as you said we'll get to more as the week progresses and it's going to go quick i feel like we're you know things are going to be uh heating up here uh very very quickly but looking at colorado state this is a team similar in profile to michigan uh 20th best offense in the country 83rd in defense so much stronger on the offensive end struggle defensively now this is a small team as you pointed out right away when they got the draw only one guy so their average height is six foot four which is in the 300s in terms of height in the country they you know have one guy in the rotation that's over six eight and that's a six foot ten center that plays about 30 percent of their minutes so they go small they play five out offense and they have a star and david roddy who is the guy that everybody's going to be talking about over the next four days He's top 10 in Ken Palm's National Player of the Year watch list. He averages 19 points a game, seven rebounds, three assists. Uh, posts up. He's smaller at six foot six, but he's thick at 255 and can really get to the rim. Likes to back guys down. Um, okay. Well, Michigan's got a couple good big guys, right? Um, but at the same time, they're gonna be have to, they're gonna have to be chasing these guys around on the perimeter. So it's going to be kind of one of those things where people are going to be scared all week about how Hunter Dickinson is going to play out on the perimeter or Musa Diabate is going to D up against Roddy or whoever gets that assignment um, that maybe some people are going to lose sight of, Hey, they have to guard Michigan too. And uh, that's something that Colorado state hasn't done a great job of this season. They haven't played many good big men, but they give up a lot of points uh, from two point range, allowing over 55% from inside the arc. So, um, you know, you feel like you got a shot there. It's just a matter of who's, you know, mismatch ends up being better. And Michigan's a two-point favorite, two and a half. I saw you, you said three. I saw uh, two and two and a half. So it's kind of in that range. Ken Palm has it as one in a, in a toss-up. Um, so this is kind of what we talked about last week, that when Michigan gets in the big dance, as you said, the 17-14 doesn't mean a lot. The 11 seed doesn't really mean a lot. This is probably the better team in Michigan. You're going to have the best player on the floor. And Hunter Dickinson, who was an All-American last season, you have a point guard who has really emerged uh, in Devontae Jones. You have an elite shooter when he's on in Caleb Houston. Same thing you could say about Eli Brooks. So there's a lot here that I think can carry Michigan to wins. We've seen that throughout the season. It's the consistency part that scares me. Um, but Colorado State, an interesting team. You know, Michigan played – and struggled against Tarleton State at home earlier in the year. Tarleton State, not a good team at all, but they played this five-out type of thing and, you know, with a bunch of small guys, and it gave Michigan a little bit of trouble. So that was in December. We'll see, but it's a, it's definitely an intriguing matchup, and I feel like 
um, as we dig more into it, we'll get a better feel for it. But it's uh, this Colorado State's a good team. A couple common opponents with Michigan, San Diego State and UNLV. They lost four out of five games to those teams. So uh, that's something to note as well. They're six and three against NCAA tournament teams. Well, Michigan's seven and 12, which is crazy. Like six and three looks a little bit better, but they also had some bad losses too. Um, so I, I feel like Michigan should have a slight edge and they do. And man, I can't wait till Thursday. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think the opening round draw that they got is probably about as good as one as they could have hoped for being that they are yeah. an 11th seed. Um, you know, these teams, I think Ken Palm has them, um, you know, as in a coin flip game, the Vegas odds certainly bear that out. Uh, Colorado State is 31st on Kempom and they're 20th on offense and 83rd in offensive and defensive efficiency. So they're like, in terms of the Kempom profile, they are like right there with Michigan, slightly a few a few spots higher um, in terms of total efficiency margin. But um, yeah, this is a good draw for them. I think in a game like this, uh, you know, when it is so close, you look to the margins as well. I think that something that could work out in Michigan's favor is that uh, you know, Colorado State also has a, a backcourt that's a little bit shorter, like Michigan's is. I think when, whenever they play guards with length, uh, yeah. that's a concern for them. So I think that uh, Devontae Jones and Eli Brooks, I mean, the way Devontae Jones is playing right now, I, I think that that guy can win you a tournament game on his own. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, I like what I see there. Um, you know, not to look too far ahead, but, you know, should Michigan find a way to pull what the bracket would call an upset? Uh, they would get a date with either Tennessee or Longwood, which probably Tennessee. But again, you never know what uh, what happens this time of year. Um, like, it's, like we said before, Michigan hasn't won consecutive games in over a month, and they're coming off of a loss. So for all of us to sit here and go, hey, let's fill out the bracket. Where do you think that Michigan will finish? Well, it's probably like it's likely they wind up one and one. Uh, but hey, we'll see what happens. If Longwood finds a way to pull off a, an upset over Tennessee, I think all bets are off there, but you know, as as we you know, given what the expectations are, if you can just get this one and and take it one game at a time, uh, see what happens. But you know, looking at the rest of the draw, uh, if they were to get out of this weekend, which I think you know, we can discuss later, what it would mean for them to get out of this first weekend. But you know, Sweet Sixteen would look like uh, Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago, Villanova, Delaware. If Villanova gets tripped up somewhere, things get really interesting uh, before then. But right now, like we said, it's one game at a time. Uh, this Michigan team, to me, is as hard to project as one we've ever covered, um, evidenced by the 17-14 yeah. record. But it's it's March Madness, my friend. Crazier things have happened this time of year. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Like we, I don't love the Tennessee matchup if I'm Michigan. Um because Tennessee's a great defensive team. And I've said that the team that's going to beat Michigan, I think, is somebody that's really good on offense. But Tennessee's also good on offense as well. Um, and I know they they struggled at times. You know, they looked better maybe midseason than they have uh, towards the end. Um, but, like, at the same time, they're in and they get a shot at another team if it is that second game. Now – looking at the bracket overall and I found myself kind of being like, ah, shoot, you know, they're in Arizona's bracket, but then you remember, it's like, all right, that would be the elite eight game. If they could get there, you know, I mean, cause they're going to lose to Arizona if they play them. I'll just say that because it's a terrible matchup, but at the same time, Arizona may not be there, even though I think Arizona is going to be my national championship pick when I fill this thing out. Um, but yeah, as you name some of those teams, that would be the sweet 16 opponent. I don't hate that at all. Villanova is a good team, but, 
do I think there anything that Michigan can't handle or that if, you know, in a, in a different world, if Michigan replayed this season, that Michigan wouldn't be a better team than Villanova? I, I think that's entirely possible. So um, like the draw, other than potentially Tennessee in that second game, uh, you'll probably get a good amount of volunteer fans as well up in Indy. Also, Kentucky fans are going to be swarming that place as well. So maybe they'd be rooting for Michigan. I don't know so much about that, but um, it's uh, I feel like it's a decent draw. You look at some of the other regions, could be a little better, could be a little worse. It feels like kind of what it would be if you're an 11 seed or you know in that game against uh, a six that you are actually favored over. So um I don't hate it. I don't expect Michigan to get to the second weekend, but it would be a huge feat to do that for a fifth straight time. Uh, you know, no team has an active streak more than six. Gonzaga right now, Michigan's the second longest active streak at four. So as you said, this is not some upstart program. This is one of the premier programs in the country. And everybody has that down year where you end up being a double digit seed. Duke would, didn't make the tournament last year. Um, you know, other teams as well, like North Carolina was a nine. They've had some years where they just kind of squeak in the tournament. Uh, that's where Michigan is this year, but they can still do some damage, I think. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, if and time will tell in terms of the Juwan Howard era, like what the ceiling, what the floor is. I mean, if, if this is a season where, you know, 17 and 14 and you advance to the round of 32 is the floor. There's a lot of programs that would take that. And that's not justifying the the missteps and, and what the season has been, which I have no issues calling it right now a disappointment. Um, but time will tell, like, you know, the long-term view of what this season was. But um, I don't know. Other thoughts here before we get out of I mean, you said that you think Arizona will be your national championship uh, winner. Uh, I'm leaning towards this being the year Gonzaga finally breaks through. I have questions okay. about that. And certainly – um, I wrote about this too, you know, a potential round of 32 matchup with a Memphis team that has been rolling since Amani Bates has been out is really interesting yes. to me. Um, that could, you know, that could happen. They want uh, that smoke. I, I know it. Um, uh, the other thoughts I wrote about, um, you know, nobody, had, n- none of us, nobody, no Michigan fans, anyone that, uh, is a supporter of the Wolverines will uh, will cry about Michigan State's draw, but it is objectively hilarious that they get Foster Lawyer in the first round and then potentially have to play Duke again in the second round. Which uh, Michigan State fans are upset about that, but they had they have uh, they were able to get one over Duke uh, the last time they played in the tournament. So you you play that out and see what happens from there. Uh, it does kind of feel like Indiana got hosed. I, I think given what happened this weekend and its win over Michigan. You can make the argument those two should have flip-flopped in what their assignment was. But uh, other than that, uh, I don't see a ton of controversy in the brackets, the way it was seated. Uh, I think we're all just ready to get this thing rolling and and go from there. So, yeah, the as I kind of peruse the bracket, it's kind of funny when you have this job, you like actually look at the bracket less in the first few hours than probably anybody else because we're so focused on one of – the 32 games that are going to happen in that first round. But uh, I have a bold prediction in the East bracket, which is Baylor as the one Kentucky as the two um, Purdue as the three and UCLA as the four. I think either Purdue or UCLA is going to come out of that bracket now subject to change, but just looking at it, I've kind of pegged Purdue as a team that I feel like is actually going to make it run for once. I know they did a few years ago. And then I like UCLA. I watched a lot of them this year, weirdly, because they're on late and I'd stay up late. And uh, and I like what I've seen from them. Um, 
you know, trying to run it back here. Their defense is much better than last year, and they made the Final Four. But, yeah, Arizona to me is is the best team. Uh, super impressive what they did without Kirk Kreisha in the Pac-12 tournament, beating UCLA last night to win that title. And they're just athletic. They have a rim protector. They can do it on both ends. So I feel like that's going to be my national champion. I'm sure we'll go through the bracket and probably talk more about it um, later in the week. But um, it's beautiful to look at, Anthony. And, uh, man, these games are going to be fun. Michigan kicking off the action. I feel like it's been a while since that happened. Maybe like 2009-ish. I feel like they played early Thursday, but it's been a long time. And uh, I I don't love it because I kind of like watching those games and then easing in. Because like if Michigan loses, they're done. And that's that's it. But at the same time, a lot of people be watching. A lot of people be using that boss button. A lot of people be taking a long lunch on Thursday. So uh, super excited. Yeah, it feels like the last time they started off early was maybe when they played Tennessee and blitzed them. That's what I'm thinking. Um, Them or Clemson maybe. Yeah, but uh, you might be right on Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Just some quick food for thought for people uh, filling out their brackets. Something I like to use, and and again, I've never won a bracket pool, so you could take this for what it's worth. But um, over the last decade or so, most national champions have been top ten in Kempom on offensive deficiency and top fifteen in defensive efficiency. Uh, Baylor kind of threw that out the door last year. They were second in offense, twenty second in defense. But by the the 10-15 thing I go by, uh, there are three teams that fit that bill right now. Uh, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Houston. So something to think about. There are other teams right there on the margin. Uh, Arizona, Auburn, UCLA. We'll see what happens. But uh, I'm going to print as soon as I hit end on this, this show, I'm going to print out my brackets. I'm going to stay up way too late going yes. through them. I only fill out one bracket. I'm a one bracket guy. That is the oh. canon bracket for all the pools I will be in. Uh, I print out. I print out two. I fill out. I print out the one to fill out and one to fill in with results in real time that I carry with me over the. I like that too. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks to you, Clayton, for hopping on quickly here on a Sunday night with a lot going on. Of course, anyone that's that's listening, you can subscribe to our shows here on YouTube uh, and then wherever you get your podcasts: Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, our one dollar deal over at the Wolverine is still live and active, so. Uh, sign up for that. It gets you a whole, I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches of content that you get for only a single dollar. So I encourage you guys to sign up for that. We'll have a ton this week on the NCAA tournament up against the background of spring football is still going on. So a lot of going on in the Michigan world. A lot is going on in the Michigan world right now. We appreciate you guys for being along for the ride and we will talk to you again soon. Hold on. One, one last quick thing. If, if you haven't hit it, Kim no. Barnes, Rico, her team, third seed, uh, highest ever for Michigan for the second straight year. Six seed was the highest before, which was last year, hosting the first two rounds. So good luck to them. And she's got that thing rolling. Uh, too bad they didn't win the Big Ten regular season, but they got a, a good shot here in this region, in uh, the Wichita region of the women's bracket. Yeah, that's bad hosting on my part. I said we would no. shout out, and we did. Uh, Clayton did. So he's the hero. He's the the host, the co-host of the day. Um Good luck to Michigan, the Michigan men this week. Good luck to the Michigan women this week who will play their games at Chrysler Center. It's March Madness. Let's get this thing rolling. Appreciate you guys, and we'll talk soon. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. 
Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.